Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 11 of Quick Cuts, a plastic surgery podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing lymphedema, so let's get started. Lymphedema refers to swelling that results from the accumulation of lymphatic fluid in the body tissues. This occurs secondary to dysfunction of the lymphatic system. Stasis of this protein-rich fluid in the tissues eventually generates a pro-inflammatory state, which if left untreated progresses to fat deposition and fibrosis. When thinking about what causes lymphedema, we describe lymphedema as either primary or secondary. Primary lymphedema results from the abnormal development of the lymphatics, while secondary lymphedema is acquired from either a disease process, trauma, or an iatrogenic injury. Primary lymphedema is divided into three categories relative to the age of onset. Congenital lymphedema, known also as Milroy disease, presents in infancy. Lymphedema precox, also known as Mage disease, presents between adolescence and the age 35. Primary lymphedema developing after the age of 35 is referred to as lymphedema tarda. Secondary lymphedema is more common than primary lymphedema. Globally, and particularly in developing countries, the most common cause of secondary lymphedema is a parasitic infection known as filariasis. In developed nations, secondary lymphedema is most commonly iatrogenic, with oncologic surgery as the most common cause. We'll talk next about the evaluation and management of the lymphedema patient. In taking a history, you should assess for medical comorbidities, surgeries, or trauma that may predispose to lymphedema or swelling. You should also ask about any family history of lymphedema, as well as any history of international travel. In your focused history, you should determine the onset and duration of symptoms, whether or not symptoms fluctuate or improve with positional changes, and whether or not the patient has had any associated infections, specifically cellulitis. On physical exam, you should document the affected region or extremity and assess for the presence and degree of swelling, as well as whether pitting edema is present. Of note, Patients will often demonstrate pitting edema earlier in their disease course when it's mainly fluid predominant, but as it progresses to fibrosis and adipose deposition, pitting will often no longer be present. The stemmer sign is a common exam finding associated with lymphedema and refers to the inability of the examiner to pinch and tent the skin on the dorsum of the patient's hand or foot of the affected extremity. In addition to assessing swelling, you should look for any associated skin changes or evidence of ongoing infections. Based on exam and history, you should be able to classify the stage of lymphedema. The International Society of Lymphology, or ISL, has created a classification scheme that is most commonly used to describe the severity of lymphedema. Stage 0 represents subclinical disease that can only be detected with lymphatic imaging studies. Stage 1 describes the early accumulation of fluid, with swelling that resolves with limb elevation. Stage 2 describes swelling that does not typically respond to elevation and may involve some degree of tissue fibrosis. Stage 3 is the most advanced stage and describes lymphostatic elephantiasis, in which significant tissue fibrosis and adipose deposition are the dominant features. In regards to diagnostic imaging, the gold standard is lymphocentigraphy, in which a radiolabeled protein, technetium-99, is injected into the distal extremity and traced through the lymphatic system. Delayed transit of the protein and dermal backflow on lymphocentigraphy are indicative of lymphatic dysfunction. Additional useful imaging studies include magnetic resonance lymphography and indocyanine green lymphography. These studies may provide a more detailed view of individual lymphatics and can be useful for pre- and intraoperative planning. 
The first-line treatment for lymphedema is a multimodality approach referred to as complete decongestive therapy. This is typically directed by a therapist specializing in lymphedema care and involves manual lymphatic drainage, compression garments, exercises, and skin care. For obese patients, weight loss can also contribute to improvement in symptoms. For patients with early disease that persist despite conservative measures, and for those patients with advanced disease, surgery becomes an option. Surgical options for lymphedema are divided into two categories, physiologic procedures and debulking procedures. Physiologic procedures are intended to treat fluid-predominant disease and include vascularized lymph node transfer and lymphovenous anastomosis. Vascularized lymph node transfer involves the microsurgical transfer of lymph nodes and associated blood supply to the affected region. Common donor sites include the groin, lateral thoracic, submental, and supraclavicular regions. The second physiologic procedure available, lymphovenous anastomosis, involves the supermicrosurgical anastomosis of lymphatic vessels to venules in order to bypass obstructed lymphatic networks. It's important to remember that physiologic procedures are directed at treating the fluid component of lymphedema. They are not sufficient in addressing the fibroadipose component of advanced or chronic lymphedema. These are instead treated with debulking procedures. Debulking procedures may include liposuction and direct excision. In the most severe cases, excision and skin grafting may be required. And that ends our discussion on lymphedema. As usual, for questions, suggestions, or feedback, you can reach me at jakemarksmd at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at jakemarksmd. Thanks for listening. See you next time.